It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of the Better Faster podcast. So this is the bullshit episode, and I know I'm really excited for this one. So Josh and I have comprised a list of 16 items, treatments, or, or gimmicks in the healthcare industry that make your wallets lighter, but are basically placebo or even worse, nocebo, which is inflicting uh, some negative expectations. But before we dive into this, I just want to let you know that if some of these things work for you or your mom or your neighbor's doctor's sister sent you a blog post about it, this might hurt your feelings, but it's a podcast, it's free information, and you can hit us up on Instagram if you want to have a discussion about it at Better Faster Podcast. All right, let's get into it. The number one thing that makes my bullshit detector go crazy is spinal adjustments. So, oh, yes. <laughs> spinal adjustments. I know we did a whole episode on this in the past, so go back and listen if you haven't already, but what we're talking about here is when a practitioner tells you that your spine is out and not only can they detect it, but that they can put it back in and cure things like asthma and diabetes, autism, stuff like that. And the history behind this real brief history is D.D. Palmer. He was the very first chiropractor that we know of. He claims that he cracked his deaf janitor's neck and all of a sudden he could hear again. And then it just so happens that shortly after that, he had a seance with a dead doctor and came up with this whole framework of what the uh, subluxation theory is. So anything you want to add to that, Josh? Yeah, you know, I think uh, we should preface this that we perform what we would call manipulations, or you could call it adjustments. The name for it doesn't really matter. The issue I have with the name for it is adjustment applies, uh, implies maybe that you're putting something back in place. But we utilize these techniques for certain reasons on certain patients. But it's more about the framework of what we're saying to people, but then also uh, kind of stretching out what we think is actually happening. Mm -hmm. So for us, you know, when we utilize these things, it is not to help somebody with their ear infection or cure cancer. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it, it's very much for a specific reason to eventually help the person move better to, for us to, you know, get into what we think is going to actually make them better. So it, for me, the big problem I have here is not the technique and not going through it. We know that manipulation can be effective. Um, it's, it's more about how, what we're saying it does and then how we portray that to our patients. Cause then we're giving them the sphere of like oh man my I can feel my and the number of times I have someone's like oh yeah my back's a little sore I can feel my I can feel that it, it, it's out and I just need to get it back in and, and it just makes me shake my head man mm -hmm. yeah and, and the fact is is it, it's well established your spine does not get out of alignment and it's again it's a fact but there are people that make a killing off of this and it's dangerous because like you said people trust their healthcare providers and when this bullshit gets expounded they believe it and then they get a fear of movement yeah. so if you're listening to this episode and 
your chiropractor, physical therapist, whoever might be, told you that your atlas was out. That's, a, that's one of the vertebrae in your neck. Think about it this way. If that could actually happen, which it can't, people's heads would literally fly off their shoulders during, I don't know, maybe every football game you watch this weekend. It's impossible. Yep. Oh, man. I think, I think that's a good one, man. If you want to know more about what we think about spinal adjustment specifically, like you said, there's another episode, man. But uh, that's a good one to start with. And then uh, I love number two. I love number two. I, number two, essential oils. Yeah. So I mean, these kids, what can't these cure, Brandon? <laughs> they're they're basically flameless candles, right? I mean, bro, I yep. feel like I feel like every stay-at-home mom on my newsfeed is either selling essential oils or beach body workouts. Yep. We didn't add beach body to the list. We should have. Oh, we um, gotta add. Be- we have seventeen oh, things now. Yes. Out seventeen. <laughs> but yeah, man, I guess um, you know your kid has a stomach bug. Just put two drops of lavender behind his ear, and now your kid's got a stomach bug with slightly less stinky vomit. <laughs> yep, there you go. Uh, yeah, it, this is just another one of those things, man. I think we are uh, uh, just maybe exaggerating the the benefits, and if there are some benefits, I think it's largely a, a maybe a placebo situation here. <laughs> but um, yeah, you're right, man. I see these are. I don't know if it's becoming more popular or just uh, I'm just seeing it more for for some reason or another. But yeah, everyone you know, and their their sister and their mom are selling essential oils now or are utilizing them. So it's interesting. They smell good, but like I said, yeah, man, they, they, you know, if you're using them just to make your place smell a little bit better, then, you know, okay. But, uh, I don't think they're going to help cure a lot of the things that they're, they're saying. Flameless candles. All right. Next up on the list is I, I STM. So that stands for interest instrument assisted soft tissue mobilizations, things that break up scar tissue. So my, my only comment on this is that the only thing, the only tool that can break up scar tissue literally is a scalpel. Yep. Right. 100%. I mean, we know, we know that it takes over what 2000 pounds of load under an eight hour, eight hour period to deform scar tissue by even a millimeter. And, um, you know, I know there's thing you always say about if you could actually do it with your hands, you'd have to rip through the skin to get to it first. Right. Yeah. No. And it's like, we, again, I come back to a lot of the body temperature stuff we use and, you know, I'm putting, you know, upwards of, you know, two, 300 pounds on some of these NFL offense alignment that we work with in different situations. And, and you're, you're telling me that like that, you know, I'm able to do that. And I'm, I know I, you know, I'm not breaking anything up really with that. And you're telling me a little rub with your hands or, or a little tool is actually going to break something up. I think uh, uh, our thought process and what's actually happening there needs to change. Um, and, and, Again, this is one of those things that, like, it's not that ISTM as a treatment modality is bad. There is a time and a place, and, you know, again, it's working through the nervous system a lot more like spinal manipulation, uh, more so than an actual, you know, mechanical change at the tissue like we want to talk about, like there's some kind of histological change there. Um, but, you know, it, it's more of how we frame things. Um, and that's mm-hmm. what bothers me whenever I hear, you know, these, uh, you know, fascia blaster kind of things or, you know, adhesion breakers, or I think there's a, we use a set of tools that actually is called an adhesion breaker, but it's the last thing that we tell people <laughs> that we're doing. Um, but isn't that the name of those, that set of tools that's in the, in the clinic, one of them called the adhesion breakers? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it says it on there, like on the actual, t- oh God, I think, hope it doesn't, but I, just, I don't think it says it on the tool, but like I think that scraping was the name tools. I just call them scraping tools. Yeah, exactly, man. We're in, again, just like a lot of this stuff, we're working through the nervous system and it's not bad and it can be for the right person at the right time. Yeah. But man, we got to learn how to frame things better. <laughs> for sure. So the, the next one on the list, speaking of ISM, is crystal therapy. Now, this is something that I'd never really heard of until two weeks ago. I had a patient who had a follow-up with their orthopedic surgeon and their ortho told the patient that she needed to go to 
another clinic, physical therapy clinic, by the way, which is kind of scary, that does crystal therapy. Now, I had no clue what that was, right? I didn't know if that was like a crystal you put on your head or like put under your pillow at night or something like that. But luckily, we, we pulled up the website and picture of this, uh, this practitioner. She's just freaking scraping her patient's leg with this thing that looks like it looks like she broke off a chunk of a salt lamp that she got from a surf shop in Myrtle Beach. And she's just basically doing ISTM. And I have no clue what it was supposed to do. Um, but man, it's crazy stuff out there. Same surgeon, by the way. Same surgeon actually told me, this is kind of off topic, that if I had a patient with Oshkosh Slaughter's do Romanian deadlifts, his tibial tuberosities would rip off. So any Columbia people listening to this, man, please, if you're considering getting surgery, just, just contact me. I'll give it to you straight on whose patients have, who's, uh, who has good outcomes, uh, who gets infections, who recommends things like crystal therapy, man. There are some crazy things out there. Jeez, yeah, this is something I had never heard until you told me a little bit of this story. Um, and, and so I, I'm amazed that this is, was done in a PT clinic. And I, I, you know, again, I didn't see the websites. I don't know if it was actually a PT or just somebody that was employed. I'll show clinic, it to you. But, but, oh man, that is just unbelievable. And the fact that, you know, we're getting some, uh, you know, a, an orthopedic physician suggesting something like this scares me a little bit too. Yeah. Um, but again, I had heard the Romanian deadlift story and that just shows you again, not, there are good and bad in every profession, right? Uh, you know, PT mm -hmm. as well. We have a lot of, there are a lot of crappy PTs out there. I mean, there's, you know, a lot of bad strength conditioning coaches out there too. Like I, I readily admit it. No one, no field is perfect, but um, it, it scares me a little bit that there are some, some orthopedic physicians that, that are, you know, that behind on their, their knowledge of movement and also, uh, you know, in prescribing some things like that, it scares me a little bit. So I'm in the same boat, man, you know, before you are going to get cut on, make sure you do your research, be a savvy consumer. I think, yeah. And I think that just comes down to staying in your lane, right? I don't tell the surgeon how to cut and he doesn't need to tell me how to rehab something that he clearly has no experience with. Yeah, no. Oh, man. If you're again, if you're thinking about Osgood Slaughter's for those who are listening that maybe don't know what that is, is a condition on the, the front side of your knee where your uh, patellar tendon uh, inserts onto your tibia, that little bump you got there underneath your kneecap. You know, if, if you're getting some pain in that area, imagine that and then think mm -hmm. about what a deadlift is doing and how you are, if you're doing it correctly, it is very much a predominantly a posterior chain exercise with very minimal amounts of knee bending. So if you're thinking about that, especially in RDL, you know, we're not even doing a full deadlift, so you're keeping very minimal knee bending. So think about that as, as why, you know, why would you be too concerned about uh, the front side of the knee there? But hey, you mm -hmm. know, that's just me. Yep. All right, next on the list, something else that was new to me, goat yoga. So Goat yoga is yoga with goats. Basically, get your yoga mat, get into downward dog, and you might have a goat stand on your back, might walk around you. Um, I mean, yoga's great, and animals are cool. It's been proven animals can help with anxiety and, and blood pressure maybe, things like that. But I don't know, man. I guess sometimes when you combine two things together, you get peanut butter and jelly. And in this case, it might be like, it might be more like toothpaste and orange juice. I don't know. Kinda, <laughs> I was wondering where you're going to go with that. <laughs> Toothpaste and orange juice. Oh, that's, a, that's a good one. I like that. Everybody knows but, uh, that feeling, though. If you brush your teeth and then had a glass of orange juice, it's terrible. Yeah, Think about yeah, that. Yeah, it's the worst taste in the world, man. And I got so many questions about this stuff, man. It's like, what, uh, I mean, what, can you actually, like, stay in these positions? I mean, what happens if the goat takes a shit near you? I can't smell <laughs> yeah, good, right? That's going to be terrible. It, it almost, dude, this is like my first thought, like, when I saw it, is it almost seems a little more like a, like a fetish, something you find an ad for on, on a Craigslist ad. Yeah, no, I, I, again, that I thought it was kind of a joke at first too, but I, I, again, you're right. There is some, 
some you know a big benefit from from using animals and for different therapy purposes man so i can understand at least some of the premise there but it's just it's just a little odd you know and you know we have our resident yoga expert in uh you know, in-house uh, with Nicole, our billing coordinator, who has her own uh, yoga practice every Thursday at Vertex, if you ever want to come and, uh, and check mm-hmm. out yoga. And so we had, of course, had to ask, uh, ask Nicole about this, too. Yeah, we got her blessing. She said it was a little more like a petting zoo than yeah, actual yoga. Exactly. Yeah. So if you want a better yoga opportunity, check out Simply Yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. shameless plug there yeah. shameless plug man shout out to nicole nicole keeps uh keeps things going at the clinic yeah. with the clinic so uh yeah nicole's awesome um yeah. all right and the next thing on the list are called amino neurofrequency discs i believe i said that right brandon but um these are um little uh stickers basically uh, is what they look like and you put them um on you to control pain and inflammation and i believe according to the um amino neurofrequency therapy website they are to reduce pain remove inflammation and prevent it from spreading via the nervous and lymphatic systems uh brandon what are your thoughts on uh, some uh amino neurofrequency discs oh man they're they're stickers right they're little circle stickers they're little circles with um with um something on them what was it i'm gonna google it real quick oh the da vinci thing yeah um dude i mean I think this is the craziest, probably one of the craziest ones on the list. Um, unless they're seeing some, have some kind of psychedelic on it, maybe a little microdose LSD, which is being used in clinical trials, by the way, for PTSD. Uh, I'm going to pass on this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's again, the first time I saw it, it reminded me of something else that's on our list coming up here of uh, a very much a, I don't know, like a parlor trick kind of thing, you know, where you put these on and you're supposed to see some big change. And, and yeah, I just am not, honestly, I don't get the premise of the like actual mechanism by which it's supposed to work, right? So like some of these are, you know, at least there people have a theory as why they work. This one, I'm just not even, I'm not seeing the connection of how you would think. I don't know, it's like a, a frequency that's being emitted by the device kind of thing. And it's yeah, is it like electric? It's got yeah, a battery and, on it or something? Yeah, and it's supposed to like, the frequency is supposed to like be transmitted through these the neurons in the body. So it's supposed to be like a very specific, it's something that just, it's a little too out there for me. <laughs> um, and, you know, Jeez. I consider myself fairly uh, open-minded, but this one, when I first saw it, um, I, uh, yeah, I'm just, again, hard pass. I'm trying to see how much it costs too. I'm looking at I'm looking up on Google right now, but man, this is uh, this one's a little crazy. Yeah, this, you know, there's uh, some crazy uh, ones out there. This one is one of the one of the more crazy ones. I gotta say, uh, it's submitted by a chiropractor and phase one holistic injury treatment, phase two in depth focus, phase three regeneration phase, phase four healthy body and balance. And these uh, discs apparently facilitate all that and there's con ed courses that go with it all over the world actually man we're in the wrong marketing bro we should have created good marketing oh man i don't know if my pillow work at night if i was selling these stickers that's part of it too is i feel like uh, i can't i can't sell that i couldn't sell that um but anyway moving on from there before we hate on any one too long um brand what are your thoughts on cold lasers cold laser so i I, I've seen this marketed in the in the actual in the Columbia area recently, and um, I had to look it up a little bit because I'm not super familiar with it. Um, but I did find some information. So, cold laser is something called photobiomodulation. So somehow it's supposed to load the mitochondria with extra energy and thereby speeding up the healing process from the inside out. Uh, basically, with this man, um, 
I, 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 I call bullshit on it. It's, um, gosh, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a laser pointer, right? Essentially. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a, it's an expensive light. We're talking like a $10,000 light. There's some animal studies that may have shown some kind of local tissue change maybe but probably not and uh as far as we know nothing significant in human population yeah man i'm i'm gonna pass on the laser too um this is something where yeah you might see a study here and there that says something but you know if you look hard enough you're gonna find and i hate to to foreshadow but you're gonna find something on ultrasound that might show that there's a benefit too and it's like it's one of those things like you got to look at the, the the entirety of the the literature behind something and you know, and my other thing is that at least when you, at least when you scrape something or you crack something, the person at least feels a little bit better and you can start moving. But man, I've had a cold laser done to me and it, I just literally sat there and I'm thinking to myself, like maybe my mindset was part of it too, but I was like, this thing ain't doing anything. <laughs> like this is not doing yeah. shit. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, I'm going to, again, it's also think about the cost, man, the cost benefits. Like you're going to drop, you're running a clinic, you're going to drop 10 grand on a, on a, a light when you don't have a squat rack and a barbell and plates. You know, think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and that so, that bothers me a little bit too, man. It's like, you know, prioritize the highest ranking evidence and the highest ranking evidence is exercise and progressive overload. So, you know, buy stuff to load shit up. Don't buy a freaking mm-hmm. laser. Yeah, exactly. I think if you got like a laser pointer from the gas station for 10 bucks, it'd probably have the same effect. Well, it's like the, well, we're going to get into ultrasound a little bit, uh, <laughs> but maybe we'll refer <laughs> back to ultrasound next? We can do ultrasound next, man. It's like when you don't, man, ultrasound is just as effective if you don't even turn it on. So that's right. uh, you know, it's like, it's like grabbing the laser pointer at the gas station. Yeah, that, I mean that's a that's a legit that's a legit statement though. Like that actually has been proven in the literature that ultrasound works the exact same when the machine is turned off. Um, you want to you want to tell the listeners about what ultrasound is because some of them that might not be familiar might be thinking about imaging what you get whenever your you know your right. your wife is pregnant or something like that. Yeah, and that and that's diagnostic ultrasound and that's a totally different thing and that's a, a viable use for for ultrasound technology. I'm talking about ultrasound, um, you know, when we're actually trying to create you know you know tissue change, right? It's using sound waves um, to treat different problems. Um, usually, people say to use it when there's you know acute inflammation. Inflammation, you know, you have a sprain, a, a, a you know, tendonitis, a tendonitis, quote unquote, uh, bursitis, something like that. Um, and there's a couple of different you know, reasons, you know, having to study for, you know, boards and things like that. I've had to dive into the ultrasound a little bit. And so there's, there's, you know, thermal versus non-thermal um, in terms of where you're actually trying to heat the tissue or be at some thir- subthermal levels, or if you're trying to make it, you know, a little more superficial or a little bit more deep and how, what, you know, the tissue that you're targeting. Uh, basically it's all BS. Um, I think mm-hmm. that the only study that, that we get in school where they tell us like there's kind of uh, some evidence for is kind of some calcific tendonitis. Uh, you know, there's a study on that in the shoulder that I think was kind of beneficial, but again, it's like, you're going to have ultrasound units in your clinic and you don't have a kettlebell. You don't think about mm-hmm. these kind of things. Um, but for me, you know, the, it's, it, 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 the person probably thinks they're getting a little better because you got a fancy machine, you're putting gel on it and you're rubbing it. And, and you know, that if there's some benefit, I'm willing to bet it's just the person thinks they're getting better. Yeah. And it might just be ISTM, right? It might literally be that little uh, yeah. sound that you're rubbing on someone. So mm-hmm. anyways, man, if you're listening to this and you go to a physical therapy clinic and they want to do ultrasound, I would question it and possibly run. And just remember good ultrasound is like good jazz music. It doesn't exist. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Moving on. I believe that one now is number nine. I'm trying to keep track, which means the next one is number 10. And that's K-tape, man. Kinesio tape. Um, I love, I steal your line all the time, man. It works better the more colors you have. 
Yep, it's got to look cool. Oh right? yeah, if it looks so, cool, cool design and a lot of colors, it is going to work better. Exactly. So the the kinesio tape, the you you will commonly see people that I guess use it, uh, sell it, were trained in it. They'll say things like they're going to apply this tape to facilitate a certain muscle or inhibit it, that sort of thing. But it just turns out that the the body doesn't quite work out like that. And you know, I will say that kinesio tape might briefly give some input to the skin almost like patting someone on the shoulder but other than that you know it's placebo but it, hey if if you if you think you look cool wearing it and it makes you perform better you know i know when i used to play sports i like my uniform to look sharp then more power to you yeah didn't um didn't one of the major manufacturers i think it was actually the brand k-tape um didn't they pay like a like billions of dollars in some kind of lawsuit for false claims on what it did false claims kind of, yeah i think yeah so um i think it's been largely proven that taping is not necessarily eff uh, effective in the way we thought you know there is some literature regarding like some some swelling and that kind of thing but you know what helps move swelling it's called movement um mm -hmm. so you know uh you know getting somebody you you've got somebody that's got some some swelling that you're trying to move out to have them hop on a bike you know uh again it's just like there's there's so there's so many easier more effective ways and we're, we're, we're you know think about that for a second but, that's the um, first thing every therapist says when you when you like critique it they'll say but it helps with swelling i'm like yeah and like so does movement so you know get somebody on a bike um get them moving um you know but uh one area where i think that this could be used um for me is from you know that i i think could be a potential possibility is um when you're trying to have somebody maintain a position like say i'm, I'm teaching a deadlift working on a new deadlift and you had them taped in a neutral position they felt the stretch to give them that tactile feedback you know i've seen people use that in a, as an instructional tool um, and you know, yeah, maybe that, that helps a little bit too, but I think there are other ways that are, that don't involve me putting tape on you to help teach you that. Um, mm -hmm. but again, uh, it, it looks cool. Um, it definitely is, it, it can be, um, you know, definitely cool and add to your, your persona a little bit, but the effectiveness, I'm, I'm going to have to put it down as minimal. Yeah. And you can use it, uh, for grips, right? You can make yeah, little can grips, make grips with grips it out of it. Yeah. To um, tape your thumbs up. Mm -hmm. Tape your thumbs. One time I got a tattoo in the morning and had to come back to work in the afternoon. So they put like the saran wrap around your arm. Mm -hmm. And in order to keep the ink from like leaking down my arm, like when I was working with patients, I just put a couple, couple uh, loops of K tape on it. And man, it sealed it up pretty nicely. Pretty good waterproof stuff there. Yeah, man. Uh, so that, yeah, if you, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's one of those things too. And I think, um, you know, more and more people are, are realizing this. We even had some students at USC do some, do a study on it too. Um, you know, as part of, you know, we have to do a research project. Ours is on BFR. They did uh, on K-tape and some different things mm -hmm. from an effect from the standpoint, of course, they didn't find uh, any significant findings with it. So, um, you know, if you think it's helping and you want to put it on, you think it looks cool, go right ahead. But um, yeah. effectiveness, put it down on the bottom. Gotcha. All right. Moving on down the list. What number are you on? Is this 11? Number 11, man. Number 11. Balance bracelets. So Heck these yeah, are kind dude. of... Dude, you yeah. know you had one back in the yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> so these are kind of a thing of the past. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I think the best way to describe it, it was basically like this like rubber bracelet that had like a, like a holographic sticker in it. And you'd see them in the mall, like in kiosks. They would... Um, people that were selling them would have you stand with your hands behind your back and they would like tug on your arm and you would lose your balance or step back or something like that and then the second time they did it when they put the bracelet on you wouldn't lose your balance because you already knew it was coming right but the reason i wanted to bring this up i couldn't do this episode without bringing up the story because this was five six years ago now 
there was a physical therapist, again, good old Columbia, South Carolina. She actually sold one of these bracelets to a patient, to an elderly patient for a hundred bucks and pocketed that cash. And it actually, that, 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 that word got around in the, the, the entire Columbia area after that happened. There was actually a couple students at USC that did a study based off of that just to kind of prove how uh, much these bracelets are bullshit. But it, it's just very, very interesting story. And again, this was a physical therapist. I know we talked about some other professions, but this is a skeleton in our own closet that actually happened uh, in my hometown. Yeah, that's, oh man, that's, that's, that's tough to hear, man. Um, that was before my, my time in the, in this area. But, um, all I know is I saw Shaq marketing them and, and he was pretty dang good. So uh, they have to work in some way, I think. Uh, but no, man, this is one of those things too. It was like, you know, I put in this category too. You remember those fighting necklaces that all baseball players wore? I'm not oh, yeah, gonna lie. Had I, had titanium. Like, I had like three or four of them in different colors, man. It was all about just looking cool. Uh, you know, it, but it was, it was funny what they were marketed as man, like on the, on what they were able to do. Um, and yeah, this is, this is another one of those parlor trick things where they're going to, you know, try to convince you and, and, you know, in the mall at a kiosk mm -hmm. where they press down on your arm, put the bracelet on and then press down on your arm again. And all of a sudden you're, you're, you know, 10 times stronger, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, yeah if someone's telling you, you need a balanced bracelet. Um, they can go back to 95. <laughs> all right, man. Next on the list is the ketogenic diet. So you got keto coaches, keto donuts, keto cereal, I mean, does, does, what is the Kyoto diet and, and does it actually work? Man. So, uh, to, so here's my thing. All right. I'm not, I don't want to bash on keto because it's not keto that is right or wrong here. It's, it's what people are portraying this as, right? So there, I, there are numerous thing, you know, pieces of literature out there. And again, if you don't follow guys like Brad Schoenfeld and Adam Al, or Alan Aragon and, and Lane Norton, these different guys that are the, the leaders in the nutrition space, you need to be following those guys because um, they put out great stuff and they put out research that shows you that, yes, you can, keto can have all these great results, but it's not the composition of the food that's creating those results. Most of the time when someone has success on something like keto, it's the same reason they had success on somebody had success on paleo or they had success on zone or they had success on anything. It it helped them be more consistent and control their intake because ultimately it's going to come down to that energy balance. You know, as much people don't, you know, hate to talk about that, you know, that's a big part of it. So people are controlling what they're eating and now they're, and they're also possibly improving their food quality because now they're actually meal prepping. They're actually groceries, going to the grocery store and shopping. And all of a sudden it's like, man, I switched to keto and I lost 20 pounds. I feel amazing. It's like, yes, those, that's all true. You switched to keto, you lost 20 pounds, you feel amazing. But it's not a causative or uh, you know uh, relationship there. It happened to be a correlation. The actual underlying factor is you actually learned how to eat real food in the right amounts. And so mm -hmm. that's my soapbox right there on why you know again there is no there is no proven benefit of any specific diet over any other specific diet. Let me repeat that again. There is nothing that is that definitively shows you any other specific way of eating is better than any other when you control for things like calories when you control for that that kind of thing so there's not variations there there is no difference right so if keto works for you great i'm not going to hate on it i'm not going to hate on it. now if you're a higher level athlete and you're trying to do that i would say that you are going to limit your performance um, with that low carbohydrate intake but um, that's a whole different rabbit hole all right so 
in a nutshell, the keto diet actually does work, but it's not because you're in ketosis. It's just because of the math. It's calories yeah, in versus calories out. Most people aren't even in ketosis, man. They don't even know what it is or how it happens or what you have to like. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. the worst part about it is like if you actually tested them, they wouldn't even they wouldn't even be there. Um, but I, I'm gonna get off my soapbox, man. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't yeah. this have been any, every diet though? Every, like this has been around man. since beginning of time, man. When, yeah. you, when you attach body image to something, people get desperate. There there will be another fad diet couple years down the road it's it'll there'll be this will be around forever now there is some some interesting literature on like very specific conditions and certain diets helping those types of conditions right um i mm -hmm. believe wasn't keto originally from uh i think it was epilepsy uh i think is what the original uh the origination of the keto diet i may be wrong on there um but i a lot of times that's how that's how it happens is you get you have like a specific condition in which you're you're going after but um mm -hmm. Again, most of the time, like, yeah, I'm looked that up on Google just now. For some children, the ketogenic diet may help reduce the number or severity of epileptic seizures they have. So, um, again, something like that, that's awesome. That's great. But when we're talking about, again, a, a quote-unquote healthy individual and you control for all other factors, then no diet is better than the other. Eat what you're able mm -hmm. to eat and what you can be consistent with. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Next one, man. Mm -hmm. Reiki. Reiki. Oh, man. Please describe to the listeners the great practice of Reiki. <clears throat> All right. So there, there's a story behind this one, too. But if you don't know what Reiki is, this is this is how Mr. Miyagi got Daniel son to the finals in that karate tournament. Yes. Karate kid, right? So, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like it's where he, like, yep. he, he slaps his hands together, he rubs them, and he just mm -hmm. waves them over, over his knee, doesn't actually touch him. Honest with you, I don't know much. I don't know a whole lot about Reiki, enough to really comment on it in depth. But there was this one time in seminar when I was in PT school. So seminars were like all the PT students and all the classes meet and there's guest speakers that come in and sometimes people defend research, stuff like that. But anyways, first year of PT school, there was some kind of body worker that came in to discuss Reiki and he all of a sudden started doing the spirit ball, right? That with his hands. It's like, you know, like the, uh, the imaginary basketball you pass around back and forth at a rave or an EDM concert. And as soon as he started getting into that, our program director just stopped in the middle of it and kicked him out. It, hilarious in hindsight but back then i had no clue what was going on but it's some kind of transfer of energy some kind of healing energy type yeah. thing and it's like from the practitioner to the patient from what i yeah. understand on it like you're actually transferring part of the like greater all-encompassing energy from yourself into the patient to help heal them from what i understand um, oh, that's got to be exhausting uh, yeah, yeah i mean uh, all i know is i wish i had that power that would be freaking cool and i also would probably be a rich man and like be a very successful clinician <laughs> but i'm here to tell you i don't think i can pass on my energy power to you i don't think that's i don't think that's how it works but if you Google Reiki practitioners within a five mile radius, you'll find a couple people, man. I think, I think I, yeah. I'm going to try it out one day. Let's see. Yeah. You know, I, I again, like I, I should also preface this. I have never tried it. Um, and I think the, there are a couple things on here. I've never really tried goat yoga or crystal therapy. Yeah. Um, or I've never really tried the stickers. <laughs> um, the, mm. I, I hate that we just call it the stickers, but I kind of like that we just call it. I have <laughs> tried cold laser. I have taped. Oh, yeah. Back in my early CrossFit days, man. Tape me up. Yep. More colors, the better. Um, but And balance bracelets. But mm -hmm. I've never tried Reiki. Let's do it, man. We'll have to I'll, try I'll, one day. I'll, we'll have to go yeah. hit. Yep. I'll look up a couple of YouTube videos. We'll practice it during launch tomorrow. All right. Next on the list, we did, we actually had a whole episode about this, but stretching to lengthen muscles. So, like, ah, man, another story. Same surgeon, same ortho. Had a script come across my fax for a young person that had Osgood sliders, and it said stretching only for three months. That's literally what it said, and that's what the ortho meant by that. That's all he wanted. And I was like, yeah. 
let's get you a new doc and get you a new script pronto. Uh, it's, it's 2019, man. The stuff's still out there. So what do we know about stretching? What do we know about its ability to lengthen muscles? Uh, we are not lengthening muscles when we stretch, Alan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, say, what is we are not lengthening? Yeah, Mr. Trebek, what is we are not lengthening muscles? <laughs> oh, yeah, so, man, so it's like, so, all right, so if you, if you could actually lay down new sarcomeres. Right. It takes and it's only a been long in, time, like half yeah. an hour with... Or an without hour a break. plus without a break. And that's why I've been shown in animals. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like, we really are not laying down any. And, again, for people who don't know, the sarcomere is the unit of muscle from a muscle fiber. It's, it's sarcomeres in series, in sequence mm -hmm. across. So, like, that is how we would lengthen muscles. We need to lay down these new individual units, these sarcomeres within the muscle to lengthen it and make it longer. Think about the mm -hmm. old jump ropes. Like, you remember those old jump ropes on the playground that were, like, um, they were, like, looks like uh, they're plastic and they had, like, all the little beads in them, basically, you know? It's, mm -hmm. like, that's, like, what it looks like. So, you have a bunch of, like, things in a sequence. Mm -hmm. But we, we, over time, you can gain length on tissues via load, via time. It takes some patience. It takes weeks to create tissue change, but you can get it. But stretching isn't going to necessarily get you there. Yep. Our, now, again, that's not saying that stretching, quote unquote, is a bad thing. It's just not doing what we think it was doing. Right. And that's, right. again, comes down to what are we telling patients? What are we telling mm -hmm. our clients? Um, when do we implement it and why? Right. And if someone likes to sat it stretch, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, you shouldn't do that because, you know, you're not actually lengthening anything. No. Again, they're probably not hurting anything. There has been no real evidence to show that stretch, static stretching really helps or hurts from an injury perspective. I know some people want to say that it does both, but there's really not any great evidence mm -hmm. that shows it does either, right? It's right. more of like if people like it, then do it. You know, if you have a finite amount of time, probably not going to have you stretch, you know, for 20 minutes. I'm going to get the most out of it, which is probably going to involve more active movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just decreases tone, right? Get yep. some muscles to relax a little bit, and that's maybe, maybe it, maybe yep. all it does. All right. All right. What's next? Uh, number 15. Bad exercises. Number 15. Bad exercises, man. So squats I, I, I with have, your knees past your toes, Brandon. <laughs> yes. Don't, don't, don't squat past parallel. Don't lift over your head. Deadlifting, that's bad for your back. Why would you ever do that? Why would you ever yeah. pick up something from the ground? Yeah. Like a shoe or anything like that. Right. So Terrible honestly, I, I, I'm of the opinion that I don't think that there is any such thing as a bad exercise ever. Right. Now it's all contextual. You know, if you got a 14 year old baby giraffe teenager that you're treating and they go to do a squat and their knees are touching. We're probably going to train that out, but there are other sports where you will intentionally have your knees touch. Like when you're defending a takedown in a combat sport or I don't know, Josh catchers sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I W set for 15 years, man. I was, right. and my squat position was brutal, but you know what? I'm, you know, now 29 now I'm almost 30. Jeez. Um, but my, you know, and I have, uh, my knees are totally fine. I have zero knee pain, no problem at all, no history of knee injury, nothing. And it mm -hmm. was, again, over time, you know, that position was necessary for performance. Yep. Mm -hmm. Olympic lifters, again, another example. The very bottom of some heavy cleans and snatches, the knee position would look, quote, unquote, bad if you're, you know, depending on who you talk to. But, mm -hmm. it's, you know, again, it's not a bad exercise, and that kind of goes into the next Next, next thing was bad positions. So it's kind of 15 mm -hmm. and 16. There, I don't think anything is bad. I think it all, like you mentioned, there's got to be context to it. I'm talking about that. You look at the individual in front of you and what's appropriate for them. Yeah, and I wanted to make sure we include these on the list because there have been countless times I've had patients come from the ortho and the ortho tell them, don't ever lift anything from your head for the 
don't ever lift anything above your head for the rest of your life. You know, don't ever squat past parallel for the rest of your life, stuff like that. And it's just, it's not realistic, right? Let's just, you know, think of it as simple as having someone having to get something from a top shelf. Think about it. If they avoid doing that for five, 10 years, then they might never have the ability to do that again when they need it. It's, yeah. it's crazy. And there's no, and there's no evidence to back up that that's going to cause any kind of harm to any sort of tissue or anything like that. But people will get super fearful to move and to live their lives when you tell them information like that. Yeah, That's the they, nocebo we were talking about. Yeah, no, it's sad that it's 2019 and we're, we're still having to, to coach this out of people, right? You know, it's, it, mm-hmm. it's funny the number of times, especially like, the, you know, even though I was working on the older population nursing home too, it's like being, you know, telling somebody they're never, they can't, they shouldn't squat down, they shouldn't bend over, yet you're expecting them to be at home on their own, get up off the toilet, they drop something, be able to pick it up. It's like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. And so I'm mm-hmm. glad that, you know, it seems to be that most people have moved away from this, but you still, the whole, you still get the whole knees over toes thing that still kills me. Um, yeah. yeah, that, that's probably my, my number one pet peeve, uh, is mm-hmm. that, you know, again, as somebody who's set in a terrible squat position, but set in the bottom of a squat for, you know, a hundred plus pitches a day when you talk about catching bullpens every freaking day for, for years and years and years. And that is not, again, no position is bad, right? We have mm-hmm. to get that out of our mind that there's a bad thing. And I think we could put in this too, and we didn't actually put it in here. And now I'm adding to the list postures in this too. We yeah. had a whole episode on postures prior to that, if you want to go look at that, but there is no such thing as a bad posture. It's like there's no such thing as a bad position, right? There's no perfect, right. there's no good, there's no bad. The, you know, I love your saying, I steal all the time, the best posture is your next posture. So again, it's about the individual in front of you. And, and, and I, it kills me that all people want to talk about is, uh, you know, correlating posture with all these different symptoms. So that's that exercises, positions, postures, that's 15, seven, or 15, 16 and 17. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just to elaborate on that too, you, you got to keep in mind that the, the perfect posture was never really invented by anybody in the healthcare world. It was by people who sell ergonomic desks and chairs and things like that. Right. There's always a buck to be made by the stuff. Um, man, dude, that was, uh, that was good. Dude, you know, I, I gotta, I, add, I, I gotta I, add one more. I gotta add one more. I've got, I've got a, I've got an honorable mentions list. Oh, okay. Right. Well, but you get yours first. Get yours well, first. So you had, I got, you I got had mentioned, uh, you know, the, um, the uh, beach body earlier, and not that I want to yeah. hit beach body specifically, <laughs> but this idea of muscle confusion. Boom! Yeah, no <laughs> muscle confusion. Back. Got to switch it up, man. Oh man, you guys got to change it up every day. You don't constantly vary it. Like I'm talking, like complete varied, like random, man. Then your body is going to plateau, <laughs> right? You're gonna plateau. You're not gonna be able to get stronger. You're you're not gonna be able to lose weight. You have to confuse the muscle. And that, again, is just so much BS. (laughs) You know, again, why does things like, why do things like, you know, P90X and, and, uh, and Beachbody and those kind of things, why did they work? It wasn't because it was muscle confusion. It's like the keto diet. It wasn't actually the exercise you're doing. It was the fact that you were doing something. You went from people not doing anything to all of a sudden doing something that was relatively intense for them and now creating that caloric deficit and you see changes in body composition. And so you wonder why that, you know, they were able to see success there. It wasn't because they were confusing their muscles better than the next person. It was simply doing something and creating an energy balance or energy balance and creating a deficit there. So for me, man, if you're actually trying to get stronger, you have a specific goal, you have to have some type of, of, of plan in place. That doesn't mean it has to be 
extremely structured, linear, perfect, you know, you know, like a textbook might tell you, but there has to be a way for it to build on itself. There has to be a way to progressively, you know, in, you know, increase intensity and build, um, especially, you know, especially if, it, if it's somebody that's, um, you know, a little bit more trained, but yeah, if you're mm -hmm. new, yeah, you can do anything. You know, that's another part people have never done anything before and that they're new, they're going to get newbie gains and they're going to create an energy deficit. Yeah. They're going to mm -hmm. get a little bit. Benefit. So, uh, muscle confusion kills me too. I haven't heard that one in years, but yeah. Dude, the, the, the best strength and conditioning program out there is the one that you actually follow through with. Yeah, exactly. The follow through with and you believe in, it doesn't matter if it's perfect or not, man. <laughs> that's right. It's, seriously. And that's why, you know, that, that's why a lot of, I don't want to say crappy gyms, but why there are a lot of gyms that don't have great coaching and don't have great programming and don't have that kind of stuff, but people still get some results is because they actually show up every day and they try hard. Like, and you know, and that is, you know, a big portion of it, man. So find something you can stick to. It's like eating the keto diet could be great for you, but it mm -hmm. also could be the paleo diet is what you need. It's whatever you're going to actually stick to. So, um, I think, yeah, you don't necessarily have to confuse your, um, confuse your muscles and carbs aren't going to make you fat. So I'm going to leave, leave my, my soapbox <laughs> with those two things right there. Yeah, dude. I think, I feel like we could have seriously come up with like 50 things and I, we hit the most pertinent ones, I think, to comment on, but I got like a few, I got like five or six just rapid fire honorable oh, mentions here. That, all right. So first one is lumbar fusions for low back pain. All right. The best way to get a second fusion is to get, get your first, first fusion. That's yeah, right, man. That's right. Oh, this kills me. Avoid yep. surgery if you can, man. Come talk That's to right. us. Just come talk to us. SI joint displacements did a whole episode on that. Yeah. Um, oh man. How is that not number one, man? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. had to just go through all of that too, studying. And it's like, I can't believe that this stuff still gets taught. Um, yeah, get to do the brain dump now. Oh so, yeah, dude. Never think about, about it again. Learn, unlearn, relearn. Um, next one is strength training, slowing down runners and other endurance athletes. Uh, there's a, still a big fear about that amongst uh, the endurance community, at least in my hometown. Oh, can I um, add something to that? Can I add, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, lit for females, lifting, making you bulky. Ooh. Adding to that one too, because I think it's the same thing as runners. There's just fear there that has absolutely no basis right yep. if you want if you think lifting won't make you look like a a if you're a female lifting will not make you look like a a male counterpart it, if you want to do that you have to basically inject male hormones to do that right mm -hmm. you know it's not lifting that's doing that right you're not it you 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 and it just kills me when people are still afraid of this man like it, you need to be lifting regardless of who mm -hmm. you are um sure. i know some pretty awesome strong women out there that lift up bunch of weight and so you know more power to the people who are mm -hmm. that just don't be afraid to pick up weight that's right yeah lifting won't make you masculine and won't make you bulky cupcakes will make you bulky shout out to lizzo yep. out there <laughs> get in shape girl yeah. all right next one is anti-vaxxers not a lot to do with uh, yeah. physical therapy want to throw it out there uh osteopractors osteopractors kind of like a mix of chiropractic and scientology uh these guys are kind of against exercise um See, we said that's a joint displacement. Oh, and the last on my list, democratic socialism. Oh, man. Always got to make it political. <laughs> oh, Always. I was wondering, I was like thinking about where this was going to go with rap because I haven't seen your list. I was wondering where this was going to go. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah, there, going back to osteopractor, man, I don't even know what that is. I'm just going to be honest there. It, you hear that term and it's like, what, what do you want to be? Like, you, you want to be everything, I, I, everything or nothing? Because it's, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't it. know, man. They're, you'll, they're, they're against exercise. You'll see a lot of skinny, fat bodies in these courses. And there's some, some weird Jim Jones vibes coming from them things, man. Um, personally, I'd refer to a patient to a chiropractor for an osteopractor any day of the week. But that's just me. 
Yeah. Well, all, all I know is we go through all these things, right? And a lot of the reasons we talked about them is like there's no real evidence, right? We try to be evidence based, not that that is that that we need, you know, every, you know, bunch of systematic reviews on something for us to to, to give it a shot or, or see some benefit in it, right? But um, a lot of these have minimal if zero you know if not zero evidence behind it man so um you know that's a big part of it what has the most evidence behind it as the most effective way to help in almost every situation exercise and movement there's right, no doubt no doubt in and you can look in anywhere talk to anybody right if someone is saying that you don't need to be exercising or moving and that these things are what you need they they're just wrong sorry mm -hmm. you're just wrong you got to move yeah you got to move that's right. And I think the commonality with a lot of these things are that they're all just wrapped in good marketing. And again, they're really good at envy in your wallet, but if you believe in them enough, it works, right? And, yeah, and, and a lot of times it works because people just give it enough time, right? The body's exactly. healed itself while they've been doing these other things and they're trying to create this like causative relationship when it's just, they, they both happen to happen. It's all correlation yeah. does not equal causation. Exactly. It's just, it's just super interesting. Just the, the insight into the psychology of the consumer, just what the people want, because this stuff's been around since the beginning of time. I mean, that's where the term snake oil came from. What's yep. people selling placebo back in the well, old days? Nobody, a lot of times we don't want to do work, right. And exercise mm -hmm. and that stuff and meal prepping and, you know, shopping and you know grocery shopping and doing all those kind of things is work. Right. So if we could find a very specific diet or muscle confusion or get something rubbed on us or, or make some, use some oil or use some crystal or tape a disc to a sticker to us. And that's going to give us the, the benefit that, you know, spending time in the gym would, you know, it's, mm -hmm. You know, people, if exercise was a pill, it would be the greatest, uh, it would be the most uh, successful pill of all time. So that's right. Um, it's the American yeah. way. Yeah, man. So that's where a lot of these come from, man, is people looking for the easier or quick fix and, mm -hmm. and then people taking advantage of that. Yeah. Well, how many listeners do you think we lost after this episode? I know, man. And I'm sorry. We do. You know, again, it is not a hate. I hope people don't see this as a hate on like other professions because it's not right. We talked about how there's some physical therapists who are doing this type of stuff too. Um, it's more about just, you know, treatments and, and ways of doing things that just are not effective. And we're just trying to call it out so people don't waste their money. Right. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. like I said, if, if we offended you, please, please contact, love to have a professional discussion about it. Uh, maybe, maybe feel strongly about something. Maybe if you uh, sell these stickers, then we can get you on. And an there's a Reiki talk about it that doing. wants to have Brandon and I there. I'm, I'm down. I'm down. I'm to all try about it. it. I'm down to try it, man. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to go do any yoga with goats though. I don't know about you. Um, goats just aren't my thing, man. <laughs> I'm going to hang out with my dogs. That's I hear my, that, my animal therapy. <laughs> that can that could be uh, your next million dollar idea there. Just canine oh, yoga. Canine yoga. Go. That has got to be a thing. I yeah. guarantee you that is a thing somewhere. But, Google it. Yep. All right. Well, that's it. Hope everybody has a great week, and we'll be back next Monday. And one last thing, if you liked the episode, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a five-star review. That way we can reach more people. And if you have any questions, a topic that you want us to cover, or maybe a person that you think we should interview, hit us up on Instagram at BetterFasterPodcast. You can also keep up with updates on our physical therapy and strength and conditioning businesses by giving us follows at VertexPT and at VertexStrength. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a great week, and we'll be back next Monday. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. 
Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.